Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. There's spoilers coming. If you're new to the show, there's spoilers coming. What's up? Welcome to 1996, my friend. Yep. <laughs> that was peak 90s. Did that take you back? Oh, did it. Yeah. <laughs> Weezing the juice. Now I'm Polly Shaw, see? No, I didn't get that one. Got 90s references for days, mate. All right. Where's your flannel? <laughs> you just don't notice it because I'm always wearing flannel. Of course. <laughs> How you been, buddy? Fine, thank you. Thank yeah. you, Billy. What about yourself? I've been great. What have you been up to? Watching movies and stuff. Yeah, me too, actually. I watched a lot of movies. The other day I put on the director's cut of Dust Boot. It had been a long time since I'd watched it, and I'd completely forgotten that the director's cut is three and a half hours long. Right, I haven't seen the director's cut. So I was like, okay, this is my day. <laughs> is it a vast improvement on the original, which is already a great film? Look, it's been I reckon it had been 15 years since I'd watched it, which is why I was like, I really need to watch Dust Boot again. Yeah. So my memory's not good enough. But let me tell you that it was fantastic because Dust Boot is fantastic. Nice. I checked out both of the- um the Fire Festival documentaries, the Netflix one and the Hulu one, yep. they were both really good. I mean, the, the Hulu one is nothing compared to the Netflix one, in my opinion, but really fascinating shit. But what do we get to this week? A little film that people might have heard of, Captain Marvel. That's right. The 21st film in the MCU. Crazy that it took 21 films in 11 years for a female lead. So written and directed by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, stars Brie Larson, Samuel L. Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn, Lee Pace, Annette Benning, Clark Gregg, and Jude Law. Uh, what's it about, Toph? Uh, shutting down Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, see, now, because I'm a man whose finger is firmly on the pulse, as, as you know, <laughs> I had no idea about this whole thing, about the whole controversy stuff until after I'd seen it. But yeah, so Rotten Tomatoes has finally changed their rules that you can't rate a movie before its release date. Which um makes, makes sense. sense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it makes total sense. And even then, I saw yesterday the audience rating was down in the low 30s. Yeah, after one day it had more audience reviews than Infinity War had yeah. full stop. So I saw it had equal amount of 10 stars and one stars. But then I saw that they had started removing some of the one stars, I guess the ones that they'd identified as clear bots yeah. instead of like, and so it's now up to the mid 50s, I think. After the uh, the insecure douchebag brigade <laughs> had their way with it. Well, look, I mean, as, as a white male, I don't feel that I get enough representation in film. Man, we are up against it, aren't we? Like it's, we are a rare breed and especially in superhero films, I got to say, when was the last superhero you saw? <laughs> Who was just a straight white man. I can't name one. That's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I had no idea at all about that whole stuff. But clearly you did before you saw the film. Yeah, I was just just like one of those things where you just shake your head and it's like, how is there not enough going on in your life that this is what you need to do with your time, you flogs? Now, so what's the deal? My understanding is that it's it's directed at Brie Larson. Is that really all back to that when, when she said that she didn't want to read a review from a white male? It, was that- is that what this comes from? Look, I know that I'm a white male reviewing films, but I'm, I'm with you, Brie. <laughs> like, I, I, I just like all opinions. Like, you know, you, you can't- Like, I listen to a lot of movie podcasts, and she's right. I'd say 90% of them are white males. So I love when you get one that isn't. <laughs> yeah, and when people are like, oh, what? So men can't review films now, Brie? She was like, um, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying that- Everyone should. Yeah, she's just and saying like, that she <gasps> likes a bit of diversity. In she's it. trying to kill us. 
Ah, uh, <laughs> flogs. <laughs> well, I mean, let's get into the film itself then. What did you think? So the day that I saw Captain Marvel, I started work at 5am <laughs> in another state. So worked from worked from 5am, flew back home and was going to the movies. I was like, I'm going to fall asleep. <laughs> I am dead set. This is going to happen. I'm gonna, was it, I'm was gonna, it like a 9.30 session as I, well? Uh, happily not. But I was like, I'm going to be that old man asleep in a cinema. Um, Just please tell me you kept your shoes on. <laughs> absolutely not. Oh, you flog. Kick, kick them straight off. <laughs> um, so glad did- that we don't go to the movies together very often. Because, <laughs> I mean, you don't need the shoes off to smell like that. So that's good. Um, <laughs> I did I did not fall asleep um, because I was entertained. Yeah. I got to say, I loved it. I think that it's easily for me the best Marvel film. I know I'm going to get a lot of backlash for that because most people are like, Infinity War. I thought this was better. I, I really, really loved it. Oh, see, I don't think Infinity War is anywhere near the best. Um, I have it in I have it in the top tier. Yeah. It wouldn't be my favourite MCU film, but it is up there for me. Um, not now. I've, I've got my quibbles and we will come to them. Okay. But, yes, I enjoyed my time in the cinema. Now- on the acting front, I've actually never seen her in a film before this. Right. This is this this, this is your my first Larson. Yeah. yeah. Al- Alison Brie Larson. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's her full name. <laughs> I thought she was incredible in this film. I, I instantly fell in love with her and I just thought she acted the crap out of it. For me, she this is easily the best performance by a lead in a Marvel film. I don't even think there's a question about it. I think that Larson's performance, like the film, gets better the longer the film goes. There's some scenes in the first half of the film where I actually find her performance a little uneven. There's some scenes where I really like her and there's some where I don't that much. But then as the film goes on and on and we get to the third act, I'm all about Larson. I just felt like she oozed charm and in a way that, I mean, because her character doesn't even know that she's human. She somehow brought so much humanity to this role because she thinks she's an alien and she has no memories from more than, you know, five years ago, six years ago. But I think it really taps into that. What is humanity? And Brie Larson knows what humanity is because she is able to express it, I think. That probably sounds like a wank, but do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think I do. Um, the, the whole amnesia thing with the film is actually one of my gripes. I don't think it actually works very well. Really? Um, when I think to another, like another action film that, where you have that setup in The Born Identity, I think you live that experience of not knowing who you are a lot better with the character in that film no, than I you do saw in it this. once and fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's, that's not on the performance, that's on the script. I just don't think it works that well because we're so far ahead of the character in terms of what we know. Right. That I don't feel like I kind of lived that experience of discovery with her. I think that there's a lot that we know, obviously, in terms of the surroundings of the plot. You know, like we know about the Avengers. We know what Nick Fury's getting up to. We we know about uh, Clark Gregson. I've forgotten his name. You know, guy who dies in the Avengers. Spoiler yeah. alert. Coulson. Coulson. Um, but, but we don't know anything about 
Captain Marvel, which, to be honest, in a lot of ways is is a plot hole. If you know, if Sam Jackson has had this pager for these past <laughs> eleven years, and she's basically invincible, and she's by far the most powerful of all of them, only use it in case of an emergency. Yeah, okay. an, an alien invasion, New York. Not, yeah. not quite an emergency. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that itself is a plot hole. But but we don't know about her. So I didn't. For me, it it worked that journey of self discovery. I did feel like I was with her. Like when the movie started. And you're there on this alien planet. I was like, oh, I, I didn't, I didn't know this because I don't know much about Captain Marvel. You know, like most of the new Marvel Avengers movies, they're really digging into characters that people aren't familiar with. So I, I didn't know where it was heading, and I, I enjoyed it. Well, thankfully, Jude Law is there to just explain things. The first fifteen minutes has a lot of exposition. Oh man, you yeah. know, talk about it's, it's the other end of the scale from Show Don't Tell. Yeah, Jude Law is there to tell. Uh, I mean. He's saying it to Brie Larson's character, which is stupid because it's stuff she would know. But really, he's just telling the audience things. Yeah, and we're like, okay, yeah, we do need to be brought up to speed on who were the Cree and what and and things like this. But y- you're you're just sitting there telling us. Yeah, and it's not great telling. It's just not great. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, I I know that you think that you look like Jude Law. You've said this many times. My, that you think he's your doppelganger. Well, I don't have the same varying hairline <laughs> that Jude Law does film to film. Like, I wake up in the morning and I know where my hair's going to be. <laughs> With Jude, it's always, you, you're rolling the dice. <laughs> well, I actually don't think that Jude Law is that great, man. And I didn't think he was that great in this. No, he's not very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think there's a lot of great things about this film. I don't think he's one of them. And yeah, that first 15 minutes is a lot of exposition. And I get it because- Sure, we've had Marvel films in space before, like Guardians of the Galaxy. And from memory, I'm pretty sure that the Kree are actually in that to some extent. Well, yeah, because how pleased with themselves were they when it was like, hey, look, Lee Pace is back with his (laughs) big hammer thing. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I mean, they did have a lot of explaining to do, I guess. But, yeah, there would have been much better ways to do it rather than just having someone stand at the screen and and, and tell you. And early on in the film, and this, this, uh, like- this gripe is very much centred on the first probably third of the film, is that when they're not explaining things, it's that real MCU masturbatory thing where they're just so pleased with themselves. Yeah, there's a lot of slow winks at the camera. Like, yeah. look at this. This is how Fury got his eye patch, hey, folks. Remember this guy? <laughs> and I got to say, the problem for me is that I didn't. <laughs> there were a lot of times where I was like, I know there's an Easter egg here. Don't know what it is. <laughs> but, it, like, there's plenty of things there for, the like, things that aren't MCU-centric. And, again, it's completely, it's really, like, it is self-indulgent, the the blockbuster video stuff. But if you're, if you're an 80s kid who grew up in the 90s, as indulgent as it might be, I loved it. Oh, same. I, I loved I loved uh, Stan Lee's cameo in this film, actually, oh, practicing his lines for more rats the, on the bus. The only competition to this Stan Lee, because you and I were both pretty over the we've got to get Stan Lee into the film thing. Yeah. And it's just, it's like, stop the story. Here's Stan Lee. This one was brilliant. It was the best. Kevin Smith tweeted that he cried. Yeah. Which, I mean, he cries at a lot of things <laughs> these days. But, I, like, I understand that because he loves Stan Lee. And to actually be referenced in the Marvel Universe, like, yeah. that's pretty touching. Yeah. The, yeah, you see that script for more rats and it's like, that is really cool. Yeah. The, you- the only competition for me with the Stan Lee cameos was- uh, first up, when he was when he was Hefner in Iron Man, which was really funny. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, I I loved the '90s setting because yeah, 
I'm a '90s kid, and you actually stole my setup. I was going to go into. I really loved kind of the world building and the kind of fantasy settings, like the blockbuster video. Because <laughs> did you know that as of this week, there's officially only one left in the world? I did see that. Yeah, there were two. The one in Perth, Australia, closed. Bit sad. So with our our cast of people who we do know, we of course have younger versions of Shield agents. Yeah, who of course. Did anyone else in your theater like look at? Like when they said we're from Shield, people went, "Hang on a second, you you weren't called Shield until the end of Iron Man. You're not Shield oh. yet. You're done messed up, Fury." No, I didn't. I didn't pick up on that. No, oh, I had a bunch. I could see a bunch of people, and I was one of them going, uh, "Actually, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were that guy. Yeah, I was that guy. <laughs> if you were wearing glasses, you would have like pushed them up over your bridge of your nose. <laughs> actually, <laughs> typical white male. Did a did I had to mansplain to the, to the movie. <laughs> You had to do a bit of Jude Loring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. Um, yeah, no, I didn't pick up on that. But I got to say, I, the de-aging process was spectacular. Yeah, a couple of early shots of Jackson, the Uncanny Valley is there. Yeah. But then, then there comes a point in the film where I I actually just forgot about it. Same. The same does not go for Coulson. And that may have more to do with his hair than the yeah. de-aging thing. But the work on Jackson is awesome. Yes. And I think it's a really clever choice because here's the thing. We all know what Samuel L. Jackson looked like in the 90s. They decided not to do that, I feel like. Like, I don't- You don't look at Samuel L. Jackson in Captain Marvel and go, that's 90s Samuel Jackson. They've literally just de-aged him now. So it's almost like this fantasy of what he would look Al- like in the Alternate 90s, universe Jackson. Which is a clever way of doing it. Because I think if they had tried to make him look like he actually did in the 90s, I think then you would have gone really into Uncanny Valley. But I think just doing a de-aging from him now and ignoring what we know he looked like yeah. was a really smart choice. If he's been tripped up by a computer and yelled at Dennis Nedry. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing that I'm guessing you didn't get- is the reference of the name of the cat, Goose. Uh, I, I did I did get it. Okay. I, I mean, I, I haven't seen it, as you know, but I do know that Goose is Top Gun. Yes. Yeah. Which Billy hasn't seen. I, yes. Billy, <laughs> Billy has not seen Top Gun, You everyone. don't need to make a point of it every time it comes up. <laughs> uh, I liked it, though, the name of Goose. That was one of the things that I'm like, it's indulgent and I like it. G- yeah, Goose was great, actually. I thought, I mean, I- Loved the soundtrack, all those 90s songs. I don't care how corny or cheesy it was. I really, really loved all of that pop culture stuff. Yeah, like the only one in the soundtrack, the only one that didn't work for me was Nirvana. Because the rest of it, when it's just part of the soundtrack, is like, yeah, this is cool. Yeah, It's 90s and this is cool. The Nirvana song is so wedged in there that a character literally puts on a record, like, for no reason. (laughs) It's just- Hey, here's Nirvana. <laughs> it's like, wh- why? Well, because that's what people did in the nineties. You would just you would just stop talking and put on a Nirvana record. But she wasn't. She it. wasn't in the nineties. That was modern day. That was the ultimate intelligence that did it. Oh, yeah, that's true. But even the ultimate intelligence in two thousand and nineteen was like, I'm going to put on Nirvana <laughs> because reasons. <laughs> you tell me, an ultimate intelligence is listening to Nirvana over Beethoven. No offense, Kurt, but <laughs> well, no. it was a time and place. <laughs> but the ultimate intelligence is made up of of her memories, right? Yeah, that, that's that's the explanation. There. Okay, yeah, well, that sticks. <laughs> <laughs> um, wh- what did you think? Apart from the exposition, 
What did you think of the general uh, plot and and screenwriting? I think the plots. I think it probably tries to do a probably a couple too many things, but overall, I like the story. Yeah, I was really happy with it. I think it's a really, I mean, it's a really clever kind of anti-origin story, if that makes sense. Because, like, you kind of start with her already with powers, and it's more about her discovering who she is as a human as opposed to discovering who she is as a hero. Yeah, and we do have that, the kind of the typical breakout scene powers-wise where she's doing, you know, flaming iron fists yeah. sort of thing. And that's that's a cool scene. Of course, that's only the tip of the iceberg, so we kind of get two for the price of one on, on the powers front. Yeah. But then, yes, you also get this actual character journey. Yeah. Which the, and, and I think it's good, the character journey. The only thing, my one minor quibble, is that it's actually carried more- The, the emotional weight of it is thanks to her best friend, not her. For me, Maria, played by- Lashana Lynch is the one that actually carries the emotional journey, not Carol herself. I mean, I kind of get that, except that, as I said earlier, you, you have to remember that she's she's been an alien for six years and has no memories prior. So, she doesn't have a lot of emotional weight. Like, everything she's been trained, like, in all of Jude Law's exposition, he just keeps repeating basically to not have emotions. That's what they're trying to train her to do is to not feel anything. And- so, I kind of understand that she didn't have a lot of the emotional weight other than kind of, you know, like you were on her with this journey trying to discover who she is, I think. So, I was happy with it. I found a lot of the writing really Whedon-esque. The Skrulls, they were like Buffy vampires. Yeah. And they also looked like 90s TV shows. Yes, they did. <laughs> like, the fact that Mendelssohn managed to give a performance through that thing <laughs> yeah. is amazing. He literally looked like one of the Buffy's, uh, one of the vampires from Buffy. And I, li- I, I actually really liked that touch of humour and kind of cheesiness to them. Like, it was very 90s. Yeah, and, and it was good. It was, it was levity done right in these films for me. The, like, it even uses the setting. Like, that scene where the CD is loading. Yes. It's fun. And it's not the thing we, we've moaned about this before, kind of specifically with DC films, where they're like, all right, Flash, you're going to be the funny guy. Yeah. And so in this, you know, gritty film, you've got one guy cracking wise when everyone else is grim faced and it's just stupid. Yeah. Here, the movie is being fun. Yes. And that, that I think, has always been more of Marvel's thing. Like, Marvel have always- tried to make the whole experience fun. Whereas DC, ever since the Dark Knight trilogy was a success, it has just been like, we need to be grim because it sets us apart and that's what's different. But it so often hasn't worked for them. And I'm glad to see that they're really starting to shift out of that. Like, you didn't get to Aquaman, I did. Terrible movie, but at least it embraces the fun. Yeah, right. And I saw the the trailer for Shazam when I saw Captain Marvel as well. And i got to say, I'm all in. I think that looks- Good. I'm a big Zachary Levi fan. I think it looks like they're finally just deciding to have fun with it. So I'm excited to see how that goes. On the scrolls, am I getting their name right? Are they scrolls? I think they're scrolls. Scrolls. Yeah. Right. Their motivation is that they need this light speed drive. Yeah. Why? They've all or- we've already seen them go from one planet to like <laughs> they clearly can travel faster than light. What do they need this thing for? <laughs> Um, like, they took her from one planet Well, to you Earth, see, I mean, they need a MacGuffin. It, cle- <laughs> it clearly didn't take very long. I mean, every every film has a MacGuffin. And this one is 
one we see, we're like, hey, remember the Tesseract? <laughs> yeah. Yes, we remember the Tesseract. Yeah, there was, there was. I mean, how? what percentage of the Marvel tie-ins do you think you got and how many went over your head? I reckon I would have only got like 50%. There's well, the obvious uh, ones like Tesseract. It is hard to say because you don't know what you don't <laughs> you know. You don't know what you don't know. But there were so many times where you can feel the wink and you're like, oh, I'm meant to know something here. I'm meant to remember something. I, I could feel Lee Pace going, I wish I had enough to do that I didn't have to come back as this character. <laughs> like, this makeup sucks. Get me out of here. I'm not even in a scene with anyone. I'm a fucking hologram. This is bullshit. Mate, he probably got paid tons for like 20 minutes work. He probably to got nothing. He was screen. probably on a three picture deal. <laughs> and so we had to come in. We just had no choice about it. He's like, God damn it. <laughs> Could have been reliving the glory days as Legolas' dad. <laughs> so, how thirsty did this film make you for Endgame? Okay, so as you know, my level of excitement for Endgame is minimal. That- and, and you liked Infinity well, War. I, I but liked did- Infinity War I think fine. from memory, we both gave it a six. That sounds Maybe you me. were a six, I was a seven, maybe? Like, yeah, like, I, look, I, I will go to Endgame opening weekend. Yeah. And, like, not just for the show. I, w- I would have done that anyway, because- yeah, like, it, I imagine it'll be fun. Do I care? Like, not hugely. That changed as of the mid credit scene, where there were actual cheers in my cinema. For Brie Larson? Yeah. I'm, I'm ex- I honestly think that she, like- So, so we spoke earlier about how um, it, it's been 11 years and 21 films before we get this character and before we get a female lead. But this film has been in development since 2013. I think that they would have liked to have gotten this out earlier. And I, I kind of wish they would have because I think the last phase for me has been really stagnant. And I'm excited to see her again because I loved her. <laughs> I have a question. Yep. Is she ever referred to as Captain Marvel in this film? No, she was not. Yeah, that's what no. I thought. Uh, the Annette Benning character, she was Marvel. Marvel. I see what they did there. Yeah, that was the only kind of reference as far as my memory goes. Yeah. Mm. I'm much more excited. Although I must say, I saw my first trailer for Endgame when I saw this movie. Because as you know, I don't watch trailers. Yep. It got me less excited. That, that, I was, that trailer's not great, is it? I was underexcited until the end credit scene. And then I was like, okay, now I'm excited again. I do wonder if there's, I mean, because Endgame's not. It's not far off. No, it's it's just over a month. So, five yeah, weeks. Are, are we now going to get a, another trailer with Brie Larson to make everyone excited? I hope so, because like on, I had forgotten who had died and who had stayed oh, I in co- the snap. I couldn't have told you. And then when you see the trailer and it's it's all the the big ones, you're like, well, now like now I know that they're, like I already knew there was no weight to it, but now I know know that there is no weight to it when when the guys who are left are. Tony Stark, Captain America. It's basically like the six, seven originals from Avengers 1 are the ones who are left. And you're like, well, now I know that there's no weight to it at all in any way. <laughs> I'm excited to see Captain Marvel and what she brings to it. And I am excited to see Ant-Man come back into it, to be honest, just because I like Paul Rudd. And I tell you, I mean, the good thing about Captain Marvel coming into it is that there's something that makes sense there. You're like, okay, her power, she got her powers from the Tesseract, which is now part of this whole thing. And all right, here's a tie in that actually makes sense and could be really cool that, hey, I can actually use this thing against you because I'm, I'm awesome. part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I mentioned before that there was actual cheering in the cinema at the, the mid credits scene. 
So I'm the, assuming that by that point, all of the white males had left the cinema. In in disgust. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the the big fight scene at the end of the film, which, like, as usual, the actual fighting in an MCU film's pretty whatever, but just, like, her full awakening to her powers and that whole action sequence, there was, I don't know what your cinema was like, there was a palpable feeling of, like, fist-pumping awesomeness oh, in the room. Man, like- from the moment you have that montage where she gets knocked down and she's remembering all those times as a little girl, like, getting back up, I just about teared up. I mean, you know I cry at everything. Yeah. But I was like, oh, that is some touching shit, man. Even the shot, even the shot, which is, it was in the trailer where she's like, it's just a full shot of her in, like, flame mode, yeah. which was in the trailer. And I was like, that looks like a cross between the troll dolls, which are awesomely yeah. in the film, and Sonic the Hedgehog. It still does look kind of stupid, but in the context of the scene, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, I still wish that they had foregone the mohawk, though. <laughs> I'm all right with the I'm mohawk. Not, I'm not a fan of the flame and moe. I'm on board. Really? Yep. Oh, I don't know, man. It looks real cheesy, which I know it's the 90s, but, I mean, Endgame's not the 90s, so I hope that she's, like, I don't know, done something. <laughs> Her hair behaves beautifully when it's not in that thing. Oh, it does, doesn't it? Man, I wish I could- Rush and oh, tumble around. And- it's so smooth and silky. It's like molasses. Amazing. Moving on. What are you scoring? <laughs> um, I'm going seven out of ten. Yeah, okay, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm on board. I'm a hard eight. I, I was actually, like, if we did halves on this show, I'd be an eight and a half. I really, really, really enjoyed the experience, and I'm going to see it again. I think, if, I think if we did halves, I might be a six and a half, because, oh. like, I do have my problems with the story and the- not not so much with the story, but with the script. But then the final 30 to 45 minutes of the film is just so goddamn enjoyable. You can't- I don't, I don't see how you can not have fun watching this movie. I just don't see how that's a possibility. I'll tell you one person who probably didn't. Who? We said we were hoping to have Beth here for this episode. Yeah. Pe- people probably noticed she's not here. Um, and I, it's, it's because she said, I don't need this feminist garbage in my life. I'm out. That sounds right. That sounds, that sounds like Beth. That's classic Beth. Yeah, that sounds like Beth. She probably gave it one star on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, without having seen it. Oh, she's not going to see it. No. Why would she? <laughs> Where is she? <laughs> she. Uh, yeah, I messaged her. She hasn't watched it yet. Oh. Yeah. I know she was working till midnight the other night, but who cares? Oh, boo frickety who. <laughs> I work till midnight. <laughs> Whatever. All right. What are we getting to next week, buddy? Next week- uh, it's throwback time. Thanks, That's right. thanks to a patron. That's right. We have a patron request from a very good friend, Caleb, longtime listener, new patron to the show, who wants us to watch The Princess Bride. More than happy to. I mean, it's certainly one of my all-time favourites. Alrighty. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you do want to help support the show, which we really appreciate, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing. And we'll catch us later. From the moment you have that montage where she gets knocked down and she's remembering all those times as a little girl, like getting back up. I get knocked down.